You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Friday edition, late Sunday games, preview and picks, Sunday night football, Monday night football, Matt and I will... Uh, take a peek at those games for Week 9. We already have one Week 9 game now in the books, which we will review on today's show. Thursday Night Football Colts beating the Jets. But first, Matt, as uh, as always happens in the NFL, once per week these days, at least, we're getting some pretty big stories here. And uh, this week and today, it is the Odell Beckham news. He has been now waived by the Cleveland Browns. So that saga coming to an end for Odell in Cleveland. I do want to uh, remind everybody uh, that this episode is brought to you in part by our friends at McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. McDonald's, I'm loving it. At BD Peacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL is where you can find Matt and my self. If you want to get some questions in, if you... Uh, we will promise to get to your questions next week as well, too, because we didn't get to <laughs> I don't them this week. we should week. promise anything. Yeah, you know what? No Never promises. know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to be happening. Uh, as Kyle Shanahan put it earlier on in uh, in the offseason when he was asked about what quarterback he was going to draft. I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday. So there we go. <laughs> I don't know what's going to go on next week, but the plans are that we will have some, uh, some mailbag. All right. Odell Beckham, Matt. Let's Odell. do that before we get He's into out. these games. He has been waived. So, uh, looking at the contract stuff, it was a. He's in year. He's in the middle of a five-year contract, essentially. So half of his contract is still to go. If a team wants to claim him off waivers, fourteen and a half million dollar salary this year, which would prorate. We're about halfway there. Seven or eight million dollars. You would owe Odell the rest of this year. Then you're on the hook for thirteen point seven and thirteen point seven in the last two years of his contract. Happy birthday to Odell Beckham today, by the way. A birthday present for Odell to be waived. He's 29 years old now. What do you think? A 29-year-old Odell Beckham. Who is he right now? And who's going to be interested in Odell Beckham? And I would expect there's not many teams lining up to pay that salary or that could even afford that salary that are contenders right now if they just claimed him off of waivers. So I think he's probably going to clear waivers. I imagine there's probably five, maybe even 10 teams that could really use them though. You know, I mean, the Raiders news uh, certainly comes to mind. The Saints, LSU connection, and we could probably get into others, Green Bay, you know. But at that price, that seems like crazy talk to me. So pull the curtain back. We're recording this noon on Friday Eastern, and he's in a, he has been released. Uh, we will find out shortly if he clears waivers or not. I'm going to give him a 75% chance of clearing waivers. Is that too low? Too high? I, I, I put it up man. over 80 for sure. Yeah. I, I think maybe even 80 to 90%. Because then if you look at the waiver order too, I'm trying to find a team that might claim him. The The order waiver right now, it's based on records. So Lions, Dolphins, mm-hmm. Texans, Jaguars, Jets, Giants, Washington, Philly. Seattle is the first one on the waiver list where I think, okay, could they do something? I don't think Seattle makes that much sense, even though they were named. But half the league was named by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. <laughs> so teams are getting crazy. Fans getting to work with their photoshops, putting Odell in their uniforms. You know, San Francisco at 12, maybe. Um, 
Patriots at 15, but none of those teams that I know of have, you know, $8 million under the cap. Like, teams just don't have that much under the cap right now, most of them. So, and and most of the ones that do, the Jaguars aren't going to claim them or something like that, you know. So, that um, Detroit's going to, despite their awful wide receiver. Right. Yeah. And, and Odell Beckham's agent, with what we just saw in Cleveland's, probably let teams know, yeah, don't claim this dude, you know. Although, (laughs) he's going to get less if he doesn't get claimed. So, he would probably be cool oh, yeah. with getting claimed by the right team, but obviously it would have to be the right team. Yeah, and there are more than one right teams, in my opinion. Again, Green Bay, New Orleans, some of these contenders that would use him properly. His health is what worries me. I still think he can play. I mean, there was clearly a bigger disconnect between him and Mayfield than I realized. But there's a lot of tape. Some of it's supplied by Odell Beckham Sr., of him being very open and not getting the football. And it's undeniable. And Baker isn't really a tack outside the numbers type of guy. I mean, so stylistically, schematically, medically, this was just a bad fit. And I also think his personality can be detracting more than it's adding to the room. You know, put it that way. Oh, absolutely. There's two teams that have already <laughs> not wanted his services and the the way They're this ended without. here, you you can't look at you, you could point a lot of fingers, but one of the fingers has to be pointed at Odell. Like he's causing oh. th- some of this himself. It's not just, "Oh, poor Odell not throwing the ball. He deserves to be released because uh, he's been such an angel throughout his entire NFL career." Like that's not the case. You know, maybe no. there's some truth to him um, not getting the ball and being a better player than what we've seen statistically so far this year so if somebody were to put a claim in for him i think i would understand it and basically with the assumption i'm not putting you on the spot here but i assume if you did claim him you could pay out the rest of his money this year if you have the cap space which most teams don't you could cut him again after the year or renegotiate or tear that deal up But more likely, I bet Odell's agents getting calls left and right of when he passes waivers, we can offer him this. And there will be a lot of teams interested. (sighs) And he might want to he might prefer to, you know, go somewhere win this year than be a free agent next year and and try to get a contract. And I don't know what that contract would look like, if it'd be better for him or worse for him. I'm sure he would ask for more than what he's currently making. I don't know if he would get that. I don't know if teams would shy away. I don't know how many teams that even if they had the need at wide receiver would say, ah, maybe Odell's not what we need because it hasn't worked out great at two spots now for him, despite all of the talent. Um, And he's not that same guy we saw making one-handed catches in New York, even if he is still pretty good and still able to get open. And and maybe it's, even if it's overblown what the personality stuff is, he's, you know, there's a team that just flat out released him that's in a playoff hunt right now that needs wide receiver help, by the way. That's that's where they're hurting. While we're on that subject, I think Peoples-Jones benefits greatly from this and and will be a fantasy asset ready to take a big step forward for the Browns. There's talent there. Typical Michigan guy that didn't, you know, fulfill the talent. So side note there, kind of fantasy note. We probably shouldn't sit here predicting because by the time people listen to this, he probably is going to have a new team, Odell. Probably more react to it, you know, and there's a lot of fits that I like. I keep going back to the Saints in particular. But, like, in my fantasy league, he got cut yesterday. I'm thinking about putting a sneaky waiver claim in now because he's going to be – a prominent member of some passing game by tomorrow or the next day. 
and by the time your fantasy playoff seasons start to wind down and you're right. angling for playoff spots and you're in the playoffs, he could be up to speed and, and doing big things and potentially an offense. Or I could just trade him. You know what I mean? Like right. people will want him all of a sudden. Right. You know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not ready to just flush him down that he's not going to produce anymore this year. And I don't even know where he's going to land. Right. He shows up in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and all of a sudden people will be like, right. oh, wait a second. Maybe Bo- Odell has some value in my fantasy league. Yeah, or, or even the Raiders, you know. I mean, um, the Saints, there's a lot of them where it's like, ooh, it, it, Washington possibly. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's just a lot of spots where he would get the ball. One quick note here on Odell. Um, NFL reporter Aditi Kigwabala was at, in Cleveland. She said she's been in Cleveland for, for all, you know, all yesterday and today or maybe all, all week. I have no no idea how long she's she been there. She always bounces but, between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. That's her territory. Yeah, so, so she's yeah. been talking to people. She's already got connections there. She's been talking to a bunch of people. Most people saying, you know, kind things about uh, everybody involved, including Odell and Baker and the organization. And, you know, nobody's really – it's not any squeaky wheels that she could find necessarily. And there was this uh, long report she did. It lasted a couple minutes. At the very end of this report, she said something that I thought was interesting. She said, and remember this. Just because you see a player running open down the field, that doesn't mean that that player was that was desi- that was where the play was designed to get the ball. Maybe the sure. ball was designed to come out earlier in a different place, uh, in a rhythm and timing passing game under Stefanski and a lot of quick throws. You know, in that type of an offense, the Kubiak style offense. And then at the end of that sentence, she said, "And that also doesn't doesn't mean that player." is in the place he's supposed to be. <laughs> that's also true. So yeah, is she getting some information from some coaches or somebody in the organization there that maybe Odell is, uh, you know, Magellan over here in, in finding new territory on the field where he's not <laughs> supposed to be, maybe a little too artistic in the way he's running his routes, getting himself open rather than running the route that's designed for him to maybe clear something out and get something open for somebody else. And it makes him look open, but he's not necessarily uh, where he needs to be to get the ball either. Certainly could be true. And usually that's because he's undisciplined, doesn't know where to be, doesn't care enough to be great at being in that spot at the right time. But sometimes you get these Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers connections where they played together so long that improv works, especially late in the play. No chance that's the case here because Baker and Odell have no chemistry. Yeah, so, zero chemistry. I'm sure there's some truth to that. And here's the other thing: like, ba- w- would Baker Mayfield or Kevin Stefanski would they be like making themselves worse by purposely not getting some great player the ball and and winning more no. games and making more plays? Like, I find that part of it hard to believe that Baker Mayfield like somehow just like doesn't want to throw the ball to Odell Beckham. Like, that could that possibly be the case? No, I really don't think so. I mean, I, I don't because really. It starts with the play design. You know, we're going to have the X receiver do this route and the Y is going to do this. And we think we're anticipating cover two and therefore the X should be open. And, you know, that's Odell and blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, you design plays for great players. There's no question. But you also design plays to beat what you what coverages you think you're going to get. And if he's open, you're going to throw him the ball. I mean, right. He Spe- does what he's supposed to do. I, I won't buy that. Yeah, specific route combinations that are designed right. to do this one specific thing. You need people running routes at a certain depth. Um, so, yeah, anyway. About to be a free agent at 29 years old. Unless he's claimed off waivers, Odell Beckham will find out soon where his new home will be. Let's continue on with 
players who do have teams this week. One game in the books, Colts, Jets, and previewing the, the late Sunday and Monday night football games next. This episode of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food, friends and family showing up to reconnect. You bring a bag of food back home, a place where classmates can meet up. You do a study group. They've got dependable Wi-Fi even. And, of course, endless supplies of french fries and i know my son is a fiend already for french fries at three years old as was i for mcdonald's fries back in the day win or lose mcdonald's is a place where teammates competitors the home team can come to recharge on a road trip rest your legs and refuel the post game little league game stop right you stop in maybe even with the whole team at mcdonald's grab some burgers and fries and some some nuggets so head to your local mcdonald's to refuel and reconnect maybe even catch an episode of peacock and williamson while you're there on their reliable wi-fi mcdonald's i'm loving it well matt we got this game half right what was the line ten and a half i think as we were recording yesterday for jets at colts and um, it ended up being a 45 to 30 win for the Colts at home, improving to four and five. Jets falling to two and six on the season. And we kind of had it right where, hey, Mike White's Jets and the Jets offense moving the ball a little bit better, putting some points on the board. But what we didn't factor in is that, oh, that's right, the Jets defense can give up 45 points. And, and that's what happened here. So uh, it ended up being a 15 point win for those Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, we, we got robbed of the Mike White experience. He only threw 11 passes, but he completed seven of them. And looked like the guy against the Bengals. You mm-hmm. know, get it out quick, reading the defenses, put it on his guys in stride. Great. Um, and then he gets hurt, and Johnson comes in. Who? <laughs> here's the most crazy Johnson thing I heard last night. I mean, the, the number of teams was mind-boggling. And then they were talking about him as a draft prospect, as I remember. And they were like, "Yeah, that kind of helped put Jim Harbaugh on the map back in Fresno State." I'm like. Boy, that was a Harbaugh's done a lot of stuff since then. That was so long ago, but he didn't play bad. I mean, Johnson wasn't great, but got better as the game went on. And I didn't think the Colts were preventing him to death in the second half. And the Jets put up 20 points in the second half. And so I'm trying to spin it a little positively for the Jets in that they didn't go away. They kind of made it a game despite awful circumstances. I think the persona of the team is trending the right right way and one of my favorite rookies elijah moore kind of had a breakout and i hope they lean that way but you're right i mean the colts just destroying the jets defense had nothing to do with mike white or the quarterback injury (laughs) they could have probably fed taylor more and he maybe would have had four touchdowns wentz played well didn't do anything wrong the wentz taylor pittman trifecta is turning into a pretty decent trio for these guys yeah the the Colts coming along and and things are certainly pointed in the right direction it seems like now obviously the Jets is not the greatest barometer of how good of a football team you are um defensively the Jets just don't have enough bullets for Robert Sala's scheme to to really create too many problems for a lot of teams and especially you know good teams that um 
and even he looked like in, he had smoke coming out of his ears on the sideline. By the way, <laughs> he's intense. <laughs> he's an intense guy. He's like running yeah. stairs before the game, and you know he's got that shaved head, and he's just like he's, he's definitely got some intensity. He wants guys to play fast and uh, wants players to be where they need to be. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, just doesn't have a lot of talent still on that defensive side of the ball. So work no. to do for the Jets. Yeah, you're right. 2008. 2008 was when Josh Johnson was drafted. 35 years old. Uh, he's he's been able to carve out a um, a long career. I think he bounced to. I think he played on two XFL teams. Right. I was going to say, yeah, he bounced to other leagues, a couple other leagues. Was I don't think NFL Europe was still going in 2008, but he I mean, he might have been AAF or something. He, I know he was been in some other leagues too, besides the XFL. So like maybe even Canada for a while. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, the the Harbaugh San Diego days. He was with the Niners. He's been with half the teams in the league now. Uh, Tampa and Cleveland and Cincinnati, Washington. So um, it was cool to see him out on the field. And yeah, he chucked it forty-one times. Like they they had to they were in comeback mode in that game, especially after uh, twenty-eight points in the first half by the Colts there. And you know Mike White looked good early, and then Josh Johnson still. You know, both quarterbacks had a hundred over a hundred quarterback rating, and Johnson ended up throwing three touchdowns. And by the way, how about this one? How about the breakout of your guy, rookie wide receiver Elijah Moore? I almost forgot. That was the number one thing I wanted to bring up about this game. Yeah, I don't know how much love you love. I really liked Elijah Moore. I think you liked him a lot more than I did even. He got eight targets, caught seven of them, a couple of them for touchdowns there. Um, and uh, so that was fun to see the, the breakout and see a, a lot of production for that young receiver. We've been waiting for it for a while. Yeah, I love him. I mean, I think he's a very explosive, more than a slot type of guy. Uh, Corey Davis was injured for this one. They've been playing a lot of receivers, Crowder, Mims, uh, Cole, you know. And I'm hoping, I like the only tweet I sent out during the game was, I hope the best thing that comes out of this for the Jets is they realize more should really move up that depth chart or, you know, don't be part of the committee. Be, you know, a featured player. I, I like him quite a bit. <laughs> We were watching the game, and my son, you know, he's a pretty educated 15-year-old, is like, I got to look at Josh Johnson's teams. He's like, Dad, he was on two XFL teams. Like, how's that possible? Did Was he not good enough for the first one, and they got cut and got picked up off XFL waivers? I mean, like, that's not <laughs> easy to do. I mean, that's a crazy career. Uh, yeah, yeah. did he get traded? I feel like he was an early pick for one of the XFL teams, too. Because didn't they have a, an XFL draft to start it all off? I don't know how that went, but I mean, at one point I liked him. He was an athletic guy mm-hmm. and you could see why teams would keep, keep, keep taking chances on him. We'll just leave it that. Yeah. Way. It seems but, like, you know, he's a hard enough worker and, and, you know, and helps teams that, you know, have had him and liked him. And then a coach will go to a new spot and bring him in as Robert Sala did. He's had him in San Francisco. So um, yeah, that it's, it's nice to be able to carve out a, a backup quarterback job in an NFL career because um, you make connections and if they can trust you mm-hmm. to be uh, a, an NFL quarterback and be in the room and do your work and, you know, maybe help another quarterback along and, you know, be a good soldier and not fall flat on your face. If you're forced to put in a game, then you can play for a while, make a couple bucks. Yeah. Right. He's got a nice bank account. I'm sure after being with 8 million teams, you know, good for him. All right. Uh, enough about Josh Johnson and the right. New York Jets. Let's get on to some of these afternoon games. Uh, latest news about Kyler Murray as the Cardinals at seven to one travel to face the three and four 49ers. This line is crazy because it's gone all the way to Niners favored by two points at home. So that tells you what the odds makers think about Kyler Murray playing in this game. And he has not practiced all week. And it's looking like Friday practices. Kyler Murray not there to start practice either. But Cliff Kingsbury during the week has talked about how 
Um, even if he doesn't practice this week, Kyler Murray's gotten to the point where he's that type of quarterback where he can still be a game time decision and could still play even though he doesn't practice. But right now, things are not trending in the right direction for Kyler Murray to play. And if he plays, he will be a banged up version of Kyler Murray. So that's why things are skewing towards the 49ers favor here. And oh yeah, George Kittle is likely to be activated off of injured reserve. And as soon as George Kittle starts practicing, you know he's the type of guy that's going to be playing that week. And I wasn't sure if this was going to be the week, but as soon as they activated him off of IR, opened his practice window, and he was on the practice field, it was like, okay, well, George Kittle's going to play. So that's a nice little swing for the 49ers to be at home. They played the Cardinals close. Cardinals aren't going to have Kyler Murray or a banged-up version. Cardinals aren't going to have J.J. Watt, who dominated them last time, and the Niners are going to get back probably George Kittle and uh, coming off a win for themselves. So um, I think that is why you're seeing the Niners favored by two, even though uh, a team that's at three and four right now has already been beaten by the Cardinals that are seven and one, probably usually shouldn't be favored by two points. Yeah, yeah, uh, very well said, of course, you're on top of this game. I'm going to pick it like it's Colt McCoy, and – Frankly, if Kyler plays, that's a totally different ball game. But he hasn't run hardly at all the last month or so. And we saw that last year with, you know, post-injury, his, his running production really went down. I like where the Niners are trending, especially this Kittle news is wonderful. I will lay the points, and I think the Niners win. I think the, the Niners do have to be favored now by a couple points. I think the line is correct. I think if it was even money or Cardinals favored, then definitely you take the home dog here in this one, and that's kind of how the week started. So some folks might have gotten a nice little line there. Uh, Niners turned things around last week. If it's Colt McCoy, I mean, look, if it was Colt McCoy, no J.J. Watt, the Niners would have won the first one on the road against the Cardinals. So I think you do have to pick the Niners here because of the way things are trending and maybe you wait on it, because if Kyler Murray news comes down Sunday, maybe that line changes back for you. So uh, I would probably wait on this. But as of now, information we have, if this is Colt McCoy-led Cardinals, then I, I think I would uh, give up those two points and take the Niners at home. And then the last note, I'm not sure DeAndre Hopkins is going to play. Yeah, he's not at practice today either. Yeah, I, I, I forgot to mention that one. Um, no Hopkins, no Murray, A.J. Green already out for this game as well. So yeah, I might. Mean, we might see a whole lot of Rondale Moore in this game. Yeah. Christian Quick Kirk and, yeah, and Zach Ertz, by the way, ball. don't forget. How about Colt McCoy just dumping it down to Zach Ertz all day. That might be the Cardinals offense all of a sudden. It very well could be. I mean, they got a lot of guys. They, they still got guys. Some receiving injuries, but the, uh, I don't like where they're at right now. Let's move along to the Chargers at Eagles, the four and three Chargers on the road at the three and five Eagles. Chargers favored by one and a half on the road. Um, I think this is one where, look, the Chargers have hiccuped a little bit, but one and a half, I'll give up those one and a half points easy for, I think, just a clearly better team in the Chargers, even though they're on the road. Yeah, I think this line's wrong. I mean, I think that Chargers got beat pretty bad by the Patriots. Before that, they were on a bye. Before that, they got beat pretty bad by the Ravens. So I think the public is down on them. And if you box score scouts, you look at the Eagles and be like, man, they just ran all over Detroit last year. They got a running game going. They'll run on this bad Chargers run defense. I don't think that's what the Eagles are. I just think that the, the Lions are that bad that they could just keep handing the ball off and ask nothing out of Hurts. Um, the Eagles also are a very vanilla coverage scheme. They showed a little more last week, but I mean, I don't think Herbert's going to be confused like he was against Belichick or have any issues in that regard. I think the Chargers wallop these guys. Like, they're two tiers better than me. 
than the Eagles. I can see why the line might not be favoring the Chargers as much as you might expect on a neutral site with these two teams, just because it's, you know, West Coast team traveling all the way to Philadelphia. Um, yeah. But and, and the big thing is, is Herbert had a hand injury. And so, you know, he was limited all week and we weren't sure. But he returned to full practice Thursday, which means he's going to have a Thursday practice, Friday practice. He's going to be good to go and he's going to be playing in this football game. So, uh, you know, fully healthy Herbert really helps me on this one just to give up those points. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think the back seven, the Eagles defense can handle these weapons either. Chargers just got to stop the run. And you can probably say that about every game the rest of the way for the Chargers. They got to stop the run. And and look, and Herbert hasn't played amazing the last few weeks either. So, look, this is a team for the last month that didn't look nearly as good as they did for the first month of the season. Right. You know, we did this on the the AFC power ranks. Didn't know really where to put them. They could rebound quickly or they could be exposed. I mean, I think it's a pivotal time. I expect them to handle the Eagles. We will make picks for Packers Chiefs. Jordan Love's debut, Titans at Rams, and Monday Night Football Bears at Steelers next. You will find a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before at betonline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football, both pro and college action this season. In fact, some very fresh lines when it comes to Odell Beckham. What team will he be on Next, the Raiders actually lead the way as the best odds to be Odell Beckham Jr.'s next team, followed by the Ravens, the Saints, the Bills are 5-1, to one, as are the Patriots. What team do you think Odell will be on? You can find those lines at betonline.ag, along with many, many more different odds and props to keep you busy with whatever your favorite sport is to bet on throughout the year. And not only sports, but all of your favorite Vegas casino games are available at betonline.ag. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's holiday season. Halloween in the rear view, and here comes Thanksgiving. I personally love Thanksgiving, all the food, getting together with family and friends. Uh, Those food and treats, though, plenty of them. Maybe you want a yummy dessert, but one that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, now's the perfect time for Built Bars. You got to look after your health and your figure as well this time of year because things can go south pretty quickly. Built Bars here to help. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and have only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. New flavors coming all the time at built.com. Some surprises all month. So check the site often. There's nothing like a built bar. Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I got some questions in the mailbag this week, and I know we didn't open up the mailbag much, but um, a couple different listeners asked why Aaron Rodgers, it feels like, is getting a little bit of a pass right now. 
And I don't know if I find that as far as like, you know, a social media and Twitter. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a living meme right now. He's getting crushed on social media. So uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but uh, anything Rodgers gets right now, he kind of deserves because this is just a, a very silly story. And right now, a big game for his team and he's not available. But on the flip side, hey, Jordan Love, this isn't the worst start for him because it's a team that might be able to put some points up on offense, and so he's going to get a chance to go against a defense that's not playing well, and maybe this might be a good game for you to jump into and, and have a chance to sling it around a little bit. So welcome to the NFL, Jordan Love. We finally get to see what that young player looks like, and he's super talented. There's a reason he was drafted in the first round, so let's go. Yeah, I'm excited to watch Love. This is a great opportunity for him. I mean, Adams is back. I'm sure they'll run the ball with both backs quite a bit. Defense is decent. Kansas City keeps turning the ball over. You know, the Packers will absolutely be in it, and Love might have some real opportunities to score points. Did you say seven and a half? I didn't say, but yeah, seven and a half is the number I'm looking at right now. uh, For Gosh, because we had crushed the Chiefs so much. Um, I like how how many points is Aaron Rodgers worth? Because the Packers should be favored pretty big going into this game. Right. If Rodgers was playing, does that make it go from you know six one way to seven and a half the other way? That is a massive. That is a massive <laughs> two switch. touchdowns. Right. I'm going to take the Packers. This is a tough one. I mean, this is not where I would put my money. But seven and a half. I don't trust what the Chiefs are doing. I don't think their defense is very good. I think. I think Green Bay will, coaching-wise, will attack weaknesses. They won't allow Tyreek to get behind them. Um, Kansas City just keeps turning the ball over. They don't run the ball particularly well. I think the Packers hang around. and It's more of a cut on where the Chiefs are right now. But also, I mean, I think Green Bay is a a very high-quality organization. Rodgers has a ton to do with that on the field. But uh, I think they hang around here. I don't feel strong about it, though. This one's tough for me because the one aspect that is rough for, I wanted to call him a rookie, he's not a rookie, uh, Jordan Love. Might as well be. In his first start, yeah, he's a, he's a first-year player. It's the first time he's going to uh, play a football game in a regular season uh, and start it. So Kansas City is traditionally not the greatest place for a, a, a quarterback to go to. It's loud. Uh, the Chiefs are a good team. He's going to have to put up some points. So... For that reason, I want to take Kansas City. I just wish the line wasn't as big as it was because Kansas City has not played well at all. So that's what, no, that's what bothers me about this line. But I, it's hard for me with all the losses on the Packers. And now as in, the most important loss is Aaron Rodgers not being out there. A guy getting his first NFL start. I, I just don't expect that to go super well. So I'm going to take Kansas City and reluctantly give up those points just because um, I just I have no idea what to expect. And at least I do know what to expect from the Chiefs. Which might be not that I'm great. I'm just but done good calling enough. for the Chiefs breakouts. You know, like it feels like every week, I'm like, ah, they'll figure it out. They'll drop 45 on the opponent. And it never really happens. So I'm kind of off that train until I see it. And here's the thing with Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams is really good. Devontae Adams made, you know, Brett Hundley look really good back in the day, right? right so right. Um, I the, the one thing I wonder is, you know, is Love's ball placement going to be in a place where you can really take advantage of all the things Devontae Adams can do? Because Rodgers can put it in places, and Devontae Adams can get it, and it's pitch and catch, and it's backyard football, and they can just beat everybody doing that. Can Jordan Love do that? That's one question I have about you know getting maximum value from someone like Devontae Adams. Because it's not like he's just going to be running free and open all day long. There's some timing to it. There's some ball placement things uh, that, that really allow Adams to play up as good as he is. 
Well said, because I don't think that was his strength as a prospect. Right. You're taking the Packers? Yeah, plus okay. the points. Yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take the Chiefs in this one. Titans at Rams. He's a good one on Sunday night football. The six and two Titans. They're three and one on the road. They're traveling to Los Angeles, who is three and one at home, seven and one overall. Rams favored by a touchdown uh, against those Derrick Henry list Titans. Man, I wish Derrick Henry was playing in this one. Me too. I am all in on the Rams minus seven. I even bet it at seven and a half earlier in the week. Um, I just think the Henry loss is too much, and I think it'll be a committee backfield. But more than who's carrying the ball, it's just the ramifications of how you play defense against them now. You know that the play action game won't be as good. I think this heavy offensive line that's built to run block for a two hundred and fifty pound stud will be exposed in protection. And now you throw Von Miller in the mix and already had Aaron Donald and Ramsey's probably on AJ Brown a fair amount. Right. Like I think this is a terrible matchup for Tennessee. That's where I was going to go because now you don't have that threat of the run game. And now you have Aaron Donald up the middle. You have Von Miller coming off the edge. Who, by the way, a uh, great quote this week from Von Miller about the trade. He said, I woke, uh, I went to sleep four and four and woke up seven and one. Nice. So yeah, that was really a nice that. quote from Von Miller. And he was smiling pretty big. He's always got a smile on his face. And so him coming off the edge and he doesn't even have to play a full-time role. It's like, Hey, go get the quarterback on second and long and third and medium and third and long. And yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going to be a tough ask for, you know, whichever side he's lined up against, against any offensive tackles in the NFL. And then you have Ramsey who can try to eliminate one of the few weapons you have left on that Titans offense. So I don't like how this is lining up for Tennessee on the road. So yeah, I'll give up those points and take the Rams. Yeah. Uh, Ramsey's not a Revis like traveler anymore. He lines up inside a lot, but he's very capable. I would put him on AJ Brown all day. I would too. Yep. Yeah. The bears at your Steelers. Let's finish up with Monday night football. How we feel about your Steelers, a little helium at four and three now. And, uh, the rookie quarterback in Justin Fields, who had one of his better games, I think, last week, and uh, the three and five Bears are traveling at two Pittsburgh. How do you see this one playing out, Matt? Yeah, I mean, Steelers have the Bears and Lions at home the next two weeks, so they could be six and three, and I think the general public will be higher on them than they should be at that point if that's how it goes. But anyway, um, I like the Steelers to win. I've done so much homework on the Bears this week. And it's amazing the sacks they take and how bad their protection is and Fields holds the ball, Loud Stadium, Watt, Hayward. I mean, I expect some bad things to happen in the pocket for Fields. But I also think, and, and the more I studied the Bears, kind of like, how have they won three games? And they have two wins, too. Like, they're, <laughs> on paper, they're really, really bad. You know, they're better watching tape, but on paper, they're a bad team. I don't think Khalil Mack's going to play. That's that's a big one because that was huge oh. last week. Khalil Mack, um, and you got Robert Quinn on the other side. That's, I think, if you're looking at why they have three wins, that's that's why right there because reason, they've been able yeah. to hang defensively and do enough on the offensive side of the ball. But um, without Khalil Mack, that just takes a huge edge they have away, and it's hard to see them beating anybody on the road. And, and they had an opportunity last week, and just you, could, you can't take advantage of it with how bad their offensive line is. One more note for me, and I don't know if you've noticed this and and looking at this football team, um, the line's been bad for Justin Fields. He holds on the ball a little bit too long, so that's a bad combination for getting sacked. 
but his receivers are not playing well and not open. I don't know if it's it's um, you know play design right. and route combinations or just you know his best two receivers, Mooney and Allen Robinson. You'd think on paper that's a nice combination, you know, target hog and in Allen Robinson and some speedy outside talent in Darnell Mooney. Though those guys are never open, and I'm almost worried about Allen Robinson right now because uh, the, Justin Fields doesn't have a lot of help on the offensive side of the ball with uh, with his offensive line or with his receivers right now. So that is uh, that is the only thing you should be doing if you are, uh, if Ryan Pace keeps his job, I think he will, uh, if you're the GM of the Chicago Bears next year, is put some offensive linemen in front of him and some more receivers on the outside. And by the way, Allen Robinson probably on his way out anyway, playing on the franchise tag right now. But, you know, those are more conversations for the off offseason, but just not a lot of help for Justin Fields for a rookie quarterback, aside from his rookie running back and Khalil Herbert, who's been a nice find. Yeah, 100% agree. Unfortunately, they don't have a first-round pick next year. <laughs> yeah, so. Because they got Justin Fields, right. right. Yeah, so that offensive yeah, tackle isn't up. walking through the door that's, uh, you know, the prototype. They might have to find some other ways to do that. Uh, well, they, they did trade up for Tevin Jenkins after, too. So at least there's someone losing. Yeah, who hasn't been a factor either for them. So that's nah, a He's been hurt all year. So um, you're 100% right on the sporting cast. My Steeler fandom worries that Fields, this game started to slow down for Fields last week because I think that was clearly his best game and he looked more comfortable, more natural, more playmaker-ish that he could do some good things here. So I'm going to take the Bears plus six and a half. I think they create a big play or two or come back late in the game. I don't think the Steelers are going to put 30 on anybody. Um, last note, though, you mentioned his receivers. You're 100% right, but Fields' favorite receiver is Mooney. And it's funny yes. because Tomlin was talked about just or interviewed yesterday or whatever this week and went out of his way to praise Mooney like – I think he's a little bit of an underrated player where Robinson's starting to fall off and maybe he's even disinterested too. I, you know, and Mooney's sort of the deep threat guy and, and he's got some speed and, and that's where the bears want to go. And, and Justin mm -hmm. Fields obviously not afraid to let it loose and, and try Mooney on some of those deep routes. I wasn't blown away by Mooney. The more I watched him, I, I do think he's more of a splash play guy, but I just think consistent, wise and you know making plays on the ball and that kind of thing he's a he's a solid player but it's not like he's yeah. going to transition into like a true number one wide receiver or anything and i, I no. think some in some places he gets a little too much praise because they're so excited about his speed but um i think a lot of teams have a guy as good as darnell mooney and he's fine it's, it's just he's not you know a star player or anything like that um which shows where they're at with their receiver i think the biggest key with justin fields has been his um has been him taking what the defense gives. And then that opens up things later to make more plays with his legs and be more decisive when he gets out of the pocket because there's not a lot of design runs. Most of his runs have been scrambles. And so his scrambles have been sort of like iffy, like, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Now, like, you've let those defensive linemen and linebackers close in on you while you're scrambling out, and then you take off and you don't get any big plays. Uh, he, he's been a little bit more decisive when he does scramble and more decisive underneath and in those hook zones if you're playing too high and you're playing over the top and try to get not beat on the deep ball, he's starting to see that. Get the ball out quicker, taking what the defense will give you. Death by 10,000 paper cuts. We've seen Tom Brady do it for so long, and then all of a sudden something opens up later and you take your shots when you need to. So I think that's what I've seen the most of the improvement from Justin Fields. So that is encouraging yeah. for Bears fans, I'm sure. Right, right. A lot of young quarterbacks don't do that. Like, go watch... Zach Wilson or even Trevor Lawrence, these guys get impatient. You know, they, they won't do that time and time mm -hmm. again. I think Fields is going to be a great player. I'm just not sure when.
not sure when. I don't think it's this week. So I haven't made my pick yet. Gosh, what I hate is it's hard to say anybody's going to win this game by six and a half points. So I don't right, like how many points that, uh, but I just don't, I can't pick the Bears here. So I'm going to pick the Steelers. The over under is only 39, you know, so six and a half is a big <laughs> line on a 39 over and under game, but I can't take the Bears. So I'm going to take Steelers. I hear you. I, yeah, I just don't like the number. I, I think it should be a four and a half spread, something like that. All right, that's the week nine schedule. Good stuff, Matt. Thanks, everybody, for listening and making us your first listen every single day. And as always, Matt and I will be back Monday, breaking everything down from Sunday football right here. Peacock and Williamson.